This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. Tired of looking for that perfect hunting or fishing boat only to see that it's out of stock at your nearest dealer? Well, welcome to Game Changer Boats. We specialize in custom aluminum hunting and fishing boats. If you can dream it, Game Changer Boats can build it. Top quality craftsmanship and attention to detail is what we guarantee our customers. And we are proudly built right here in Louisiana. You can visit us on Facebook at Game Changer Boats or email us directly at GameChangerBoats at Yahoo.com. Contact Game Changer Boats and let's see what we can build for you. Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, I wish you all the best out there for all our fellow listeners. If you're listening in the truck or you're listening at home, wherever you may be, maybe sitting at work this weekend, thank you so much for tuning in to a new episode here of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Well, guys, it's been a couple of weeks since we last got together, and a lot has been going on. We are now officially open uh, for the 2021-22 duck season here in Louisiana, and it has been off to a fast-paced start. Um, there is mixed reports from across the state. Uh, we've been talking to a lot of people in the field uh, from all across the state hunting different areas, um, and we have reports that we've been getting, whether good or bad. The majority of the reports seem to be pretty good overall for the opener here in Louisiana. So, we're excited about it. We're going to fill you guys in on what we're hearing, what we're seeing out in the field. Um, as I myself have been on vacation over the last uh, eight or nine days, I got a couple of more days to go while I'm on vacation. And uh, Jackson and myself, my son, have been out in the field. We've been doing quite a bit of hunting from across the state. Um, so if you guys are tuning in uh, here on YouTube and watching us live, then we, we thank you for doing that. Otherwise, you may be streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so thank you so much for tuning in. And this show is going to be a really special show that we hope you guys enjoy. We have a couple of guests on the show, one of them, which you're very familiar with. We've had him on. He brings a lot of waterfowl uh, knowledge to the table here, especially in Louisiana and Arkansas in that region. Mr. Roland Cortez, he's uh, up at Dave's Bayou. Uh, this afternoon and our other special guest that we're going to be welcoming to the show and having on with us for this episode is Mr. Nate Verdon with Fallen Tide TV. So happy to have Nate on. Um, really, you know, he's a, a gentleman that we struck up a relationship on social media as we do with a lot of other fellow outdoorsmen and uh, really like his content. Um, you guys need to check out his YouTube channel if you're not familiar with it at Fallen Tide TV. Um, he's also very active on Instagram and, and Facebook as well and uh, brings a lot of great outdoor content to the table, guys. And it's all based here in Louisiana. And, you know, I didn't really want to do an episode over the last week or so because I was so tired of all the small talk leading up to hunting season, uh, up to duck season here in Louisiana, that I said, you know what, I'm going to wait till it kicks off. We're going to uh, we're going to have a couple of guests on the show that are out there doing some hunting that, you know, have some reports, some accurate reports on what they're seeing as far as migration goes and so on and so forth. And that's why we decided to take a week or two off uh, before recording another episode. So uh, having Nate and Roland on this week with us, I think it's going to be, you know, very interesting for you guys to listen to what we're seeing out in the field along with myself. And uh, hopefully that'll help you guys and bring uh, maybe a little bit more success to your bag. So without further ado, guys, I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to bring both uh, both Nate and Roland in to join us, and uh, we're going to get started here. So uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this for about the next four to five minutes to an hour. So let me see if I could bring them in here. We're going to bring Nate in. What's going on, Nate? How you doing? What's up? How y'all doing? Good, man. Doing good. Let's see if we can get rolling. This is our first time we do a three-way like this, man, on a, on a, the, the podcast. So, Roland, we got you? 
You got me, Jacob. All right. Roland looks pretty comfortable, man. For all you guys oh, on uh, YouTube watching right now, Roland's kicked back in the recliner. He, uh, he killed him a couple of limits of birds this morning, him and his clients, from what I was told. So uh, looking pretty comfortable this afternoon. Yeah, I got the ball game on just relaxing. Man, I was watching that Ohio State-Michigan uh, game a few minutes ago. That's a hell of a game right now going on. Yeah, uh, I'm watching uh, Alabama and Auburn. They just kicked off. They just kicked off. Yep, yep. For last uh, last big weekend, I guess, for us here as uh, LSU Tiger fans, if you guys are Tiger fans, which I'm assuming being from Louisiana, most of us are. So we got one, one more game for sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nate, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you joining us this week. You know, Roland's been on the show a couple of times, and uh, you and I have been talking for quite some time, man, about uh, yep. getting together and doing a show. And uh, I appreciate you joining us on this week's episode. And, uh, you know, having me. yeah, no problem, man. Glad to do it, dude. I, to be honest with you, man, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of what, you, what you're doing over at Fallen Tide TV, and I was telling the listeners – uh, you know, if they're not familiar with your channel, they need to go check it out, man, because you you do some exceptional work, uh, very good as far as bringing outdoor content here in Louisiana to to the viewers, man. I appreciate that. I do. I do. Well, I, and I, I'm interested to know, man, how, do, how did you get started with Fallen Tide? Well, explain the concept to all the listeners, how that kind of came up and, and how it, it got to where it is today, because – Right now, man, if you go check you out on YouTube, you have quite a low following right now on YouTube, Instagram, yeah. and uh, Facebook. Yeah, I'd say it's growing pretty steady. But but the reason the reason that I started Falling Tide, I guess it's kind of always been a, a dream of mine to to start a, a Louisiana based uh, group. I would say, or, or or you know, just somewhere where I can share content uh, and and actually tell the story of waterfowl hunting here in Louisiana. Just kind of you know put a spotlight on uh you know the good and the bad down here so uh you know it's a lot of work duck hunting down here and we do a lot of interesting things and so i i just wanted to uh bring a light to that it's kind of always been something that i've wanted to do and never really had the resources to put it all together um you know i've had some some experience with a couple of different companies uh you know getting in outdoors and doing some filming and, and working for for uh for groups uh whether it be just volunteering my time or actually working for them uh, just trying to gain some experience and get some exposure with those guys, and and over the years, I've I've kind of learned enough. I thought to go ahead and start something myself, and uh, it's been very rewarding, very rewarding to say the least. I've I've really enjoyed Falling Tide. Um, yeah. So yeah, 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 man. It, you bring, like I said, you bring some great content, Roland. I know you you watch it. You and I have talked about it. When I first mentioned uh, contacted Nate, he was somebody of interest that I wanted to have on the show uh here at last stop waterfowl just to get him on the podcast man because uh, you know at the end of the day we we kind of all share the same passion all three of us here share the same passion for the most part um you know and it's something that you know i think rolling you in that that point in your career and you talked about it before where you know you kind of looking at maybe doing this full-time you know you're looking at maybe making a career out of this and getting out of the the traditional you know nine to five or shift work, that type of stuff at the plants and, and all that type of stuff. And I know I feel the same way. Like, you know, I, I'd love to turn this into a career eventually. And Nate, I, you may be the same. I don't know, you know. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we all share the same passion, it seems like, which is why it kind of attracted me to, to reach out to you guys and, uh, and, and have you on because I think other outdoorsmen are going to enjoy hearing you guys' stories, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Roland, uh, up at Dave's Bayou right now, we're up in north Louisiana. On this episode, what we're going to talk about, guys, is kind of where we at in the waterfowl season. We now officially wide open with waterfowl here. And, you know, most listeners tuning into the show, that's what they tune in every week to talk about is the duck hunt. What's going on? What are we seeing out in the field? And between us three, we have quite a bit of knowledge so far this year in the 2021-2022 split uh, first split of what's happening out there. How are things going up at Days Bayou rolling? And uh, and what are you what are you seeing up there, man? As far as the birds going? Oh, Jacob. I mean, it's <clears throat> the season's been going good. Um, we've been killing you know a lot of birds, and you know we've kind of had uh, two or three pushes since the season has opened. You know, we had it. We had a push today, and all three blinds you know limited out uh, pretty early this morning. We had a push. A little push on Thursday, 
which was Thanksgiving Day, and then the, that following Monday we had to push the birds. But you know, um, so we are getting you know fresh birds out of the north. But um, lately it's kind of goes up and down up here. You know, some days we kill them good, and then some days we kill just a few. You know, but I've been staying up in the double digits every day. You know, but um, we don't hunt big groups. We hunt four and five people. So I mean, it doesn't take much to shoot four or five limb in a duck. Yeah, you're not you're not getting tons of pressure like public land, like you know we see and probably on the public side. Now, no, Nate, or go ahead. I'm sorry, Roland. No, and, and and you know it's still pretty dry up here. You know, I mean we got a little bit of rain uh, yesterday. We may get a little bit today, but furthermore, you know it's just been dry up here. Yeah, that's a good point to make too. It's staying dry, uh, man. To be honest with you, we haven't had a whole lot of rainouts uh, for the first you know part of the season so far, which has been nice. Uh, a lot of good days. Um, you know, Nate, you and I, we uh, we, we pound public land for the most part, you know. Um, you know, and, and you hunt. You know, we're not too far from each other. I live here in Gonzales. You in Hammond, which I work in Hammond. I'm only about an hour away from where you live at. But we both kind of travel all over the state to hunt different areas, different uh, bodies of water. So, so far in your experience, what are you seeing out in the field? Uh, are, are you happy with the way the season's kicked off? Or are you disappointed in what you're seeing? What, 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 what you seeing out there in the field? I'd say uh, we, we had a pretty rough opener. Um, somebody was in the spot that we were trying to get. The wind was was very bad. So we had a we had a pretty bad opening day. Second day did really good. And we've kind of been on them, you know, steady since then. Um, I've noticed I've noticed the migration seems a little bit more normal, like like what it should be than yeah. usual. You know, I, I, the last few years, I haven't noticed much change in the bird numbers when you get a hard cold front but this year it seems like a couple of fronts we had they seem to push down a little bit of birds like roland said that may be that may be because of the uh lack of water up north you know that's yeah. at least that's what my theory is and i'm sure i'm sure you'd agree yeah um, yeah definitely of course then of course you know it's it's still not what it used to be you know i i look back at you know 10 15 years ago the amount of bird numbers you know, it's a lot higher than what it is now, but you can find birds in isolated areas. It seems like, uh, and, and we've been we've been we've been lucky enough to find them. I've been off the last two weeks from work, and when you're off like that, usually you can find birds if you actually take the time to go and look for them. So they're that's there. Right. You just got to find them. You know. Yep, yep. That's a big part of it, and we talked about that. You know, you know, guys. The thing about it is, is, is I hear guys. You, you get on social media, and you see guys out there. They talking about. Uh, you know, no birds. You know, Louisiana ain't got no birds. I saw a guy this morning. He posted a question. I think the guy was from out of state. He said he was considering moving here and uh, asking if he should, you know, maybe purchase land to waterfowl hunt or if he should maybe, uh, you know, just hunt public land. And guys were, were chiming in saying no no butt ducks on public land. You can't be successful on public land in Louisiana anymore. And a guy mentioned something in there. He responded to it, and he said, you know what? He said, uh, you know, guys compare it to the days of old. That's the problem. Everybody's trying to compare it to the way it was when we were kids, when our dads were hunting, <laughs> our grandfathers were hunting. And, uh, you know, he said there is birds to be killed. It's just not the numbers and not the birds that we used to see back in the day. And he said it's time for, for hunters to start kind of looking to the future and not comparing it to what it was back in the day. And I thought that was a really good point that that guy made. You know, he wasn't ugly about it. He was just Telling, telling the truth, in my opinion, on that. What are y'all guys' thoughts on that? I agree with that. Uh, I, I definitely think the waterfowl experience is different now th than what it used to be, and, and that's okay. You know, As long as you embrace it, as long as you understand that like, it's not what it used to be, you're not just going to be able to set up anywhere. And, and in some ways, I think it's more fun. You know, Sometimes it's a, it's a little bit more fun whenever you got to put in a little bit more work uh, when it's not a guaranteed limit whenever you go. You appreciate the limit a little bit more. You appreciate the few birds you do get, you know, on the bad hunts. So, you know, it, it's just the way you look at it. It's all a mindset, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. Roland, you have, what's your take on that? What What do you think? Man, I, you know, uh, limits are, are hard to – not really say hard to come by these days, but, you know, you got to work a little harder at them for sure to get them limits. But, man, it's more about them memories than them limits these days for me. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. And I tell, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting up there. I'm 42. I, I say I'm getting up there. I'm not getting up there, but I feel older than I, I was 10 years ago. Duck hunting out there in the field, I can tell you that. Uh, and every year it gets worse and worse. I get a little bit, little bit fatter, a little bit more out of shape. And uh, I tell my boys, I say, 
that uh that is I, man i'm gonna have to get in better shape if i'm gonna do this 20 years down the road but you know i laugh at it we joke about it but it is true you uh you know you have to get out there you got to put in that time like nate said and roland said and you got to scout man uh, a lot of these these guys that are complaining about no birds you know they they trying to the internet scout that's a big thing nowadays with access to the internet they might listen to a podcast like we doing here they may get on social media and scout um, but that's not that's not where the success is going to come from, in my opinion. You know, uh, you may have some some days where they're lucky and they get a little lucky, but uh, overall, you have to get out there and, and put some feet on the ground, especially yeah. public land hunting. You know, yeah. And, and Jacob, really I say do. this too. I say, I say this too about that that point. You know, a lot of times what people do is they go out and they kill limited ducks in a spot, and they want to keep going back to that spot, keep going back to that spot, and you know, down here in this public land, especially, uh, you, you got to move around. You, you got to go check. You know, most of the time, I'd say nine times out of ten, we we do not hunt the same hole twice. <coughs> you know, and and you know, but that that's been really that's been whatever we're finding most of our success is whenever we're staying mobile and we're moving around. We go hunt, we drive around, we find other birds in another spot that hadn't been hunted, and then we hunt that spot the next time we go. So yeah, we're trying to keep it fresh. Yeah, guys need to stop hunting the same spots and depending on the same areas to produce over and over again because it's just not going to happen, especially now when you're dealing with stale birds in between migrations. So, Yeah, that's a very good point because we, we creatures of habit, Nate, to be honest with you. And Roland, you would agree with that, I'm sure, too. You know, we, we have success in one area, so you, you have a tendency, okay, I want to go back to that area, you know. Right. And the problem is we're not getting the big pushes of migration of birds that we used to get. So, like you said, you're not necessarily getting these big groups come in with a, with a fresh cold front because we've been having some nice cold fronts lately, you know. And I agree with you with what you said, Nate, as far as um, I have noticed a little change in, in birds, more birds pushing in with these fronts. But that's not always the case. Me and Roland had talked about this on a previous episode that a lot of the success I've had over the last couple of years and he had is a lot of those days where you get, you know, these warm fronts actually come through. These south winds, they'll, they'll, they'll shift in and they'll blow those ducks out of the Gulf of Mexico back inland to, to where we may be hunting, you know. Yep. So that's something that has, you know, changed over the years. Because, or, or I say it's changed over the years. Maybe it didn't. It just seems like when I was young, hunting with my grandfather and my dad, it seems like they were always one that big cold front, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's not I necessarily agree. an equation for success, you know. Yeah, it just seems that, you know, you're – and today, your better hunts come on the on the south winds. You know, look today, we had a south southeast wind today, and look, we had so many birds coming in this morning, we couldn't load the gun fast enough. That's what Roland was telling me when we talked earlier. Uh, Roland, you said y'all saw a big push of green wing teal today. That was the that was the thing, huh? That's right. We had a really big push of green wings today, and they all and then most of them are coming out of the south. So that, that you know, a lot of them sense. birds. A lot of them birds were pushing up to from the from the south, you know, heading north. Yeah, and what Nate, you said it makes a lot of sense. That, that actually makes a lot of sense because last weekend, you know, we had an unusual amount of green wings. I'd say down here, and so you get that south wind, they probably push them down this way. Yeah, you know? it's pushing it's pushing them back up to where where they are. You know, yesterday I was down in the marsh. Yesterday I hunted, and uh, the, we we didn't see a lot of teal like we did the week before. Uh, which kind of, once again, makes a little bit of sense there because they may have pushed more up towards y'all, Roland. You know, if they came out of the south, <coughs> they may have moved out and went up a little you know, bit because we didn't nearly see the till numbers that we uh, we saw in the last week or two. They wasn't here yesterday because we didn't kill them yesterday. We didn't see them. So yeah. they, they pushed in They pushed in last night or early this morning. Yep. Yep. And Nate, yep. you had something you wanted to say? Add? No, no, I was just okay. Just I thought you I, I yeah. saw you raise the finger. I thought you were you I said they're talk. going they're going back up north. They're going back up north. That's right. That's yeah. right. So well, and, you know, tomorrow tomorrow could be different. I mean, you know, uh we still having a, a south wind, you know, we got a little light rain coming in, so you know, then birds move case more birds coming in coming up tomorrow or they may be going back down. Yeah, that's a that's a good point because especially till rolling, we talked about that before too. Till till are always on the move, man. It never seems like you can pattern till too well. They they tend to be there one day and they go on the next. You know uh, what's been uh, you know a little bit odd this year is that we haven't been seeing the real big numbers of pintails like we've been seeing up here. You know, like this morning, we've seen a few flocks, but um, last weekend and into the week, I mean, we were shooting out seven or six, however many birds we had to kill every day, and plus letting more go. And it's just funny how them pintails just disappear like that. 
Yeah. That's something yeah, I don't – go ahead. We ended up killing two this morning, but, you know, we didn't see that many. You know, you figure with that south wind, you know, they would be pushing off of Catahoula or coming from the coast, but we just didn't see them big numbers of pintails today. Really? Yep. But what the about, two, but, but, but the green winger showed up. The green wing showed up. Yeah, from what I heard, they did pretty well, man. How many how many groups of hunters did y'all have this morning? We had three blinds hunting this morning, and uh, each blind had anywhere from four to five people. So one blind had 48, one blind had 54, I think, and then we had 48 this morning. Okay, all right. And now, Nate, you said you took off the weekend. You weren't hunting this weekend. Yeah, Nate's Nate's a brand-new father, by the way. Congratulations on that. Mm. We have a baby. Uh, baby. So I tell you what, I'm more impressed. Not, not only am I impressed with Nate for his, his talent with the, the filming and the videos and all that, but for that man to balance the baby, the wife, and hunting season and still produce the content he's producing, that's pretty amazing, man. I have to say, I, I couldn't do it. A lot of a lot of late, a lot nights. Of late nights. Yeah, I bet it is, man. That's that's pretty awesome though that you uh you can keep it going and you're able to put that content out there, man. So that's 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 pretty cool. But congratulations on on the baby. We had a baby boy, is what it was. That's a baby girl. Baby girl. Baby girl. Yep. And how old is she? She is coming on four months. Four so, months. Oh, yeah. Man. Roland, you remember them days? Oh, I definitely. <laughs> yeah we had a different time now it's it's it's, it's uh our, our, you kind of you hang around your buddies that have those newborns and you're like oh man i remember that you never forget some of those memories but what's pretty cool is once they get to that age where you can start bringing them with you and it's a it's a whole new experience man so i'm sure you're looking forward to that and that's something you're gonna enjoy a lot so yeah i'm gonna try to introduce her to waterfowl hunting if she if she likes it great and if she don't i understand <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to try it, man. That's like my youngest one. He's not ate up with it as much as uh, my oldest one. That's Jackson, who's always in the videos and, and, and with me. But uh, he can take it or leave it. It seems like he's seven years old, my youngest one. And he, uh, he, he, he has a fear, I think, of missing out in the neighborhood we live in. He wants, to, he wants to be a part of everything going on with his friends. And he says, Dad, I'd rather just play with my friends. So I try to drag him out there, but I don't want to make him miserable at the same time. And uh, you know, when he does go out, though, he does enjoy it. So that's a good thing. You know, you got to at least introduce him to it and let him make a uh, uh, get a feel for what they if they like it or they don't like it. So, but uh, yeah. well, something something Nate that that really catches my interest that uh, you do uh, from what I've seen in all the videos is a lot a lot of the times now waterfowl hunters, uh, big boats, man, big boats, big motors, um, all that type of stuff. That's not really your style, from what I see. Uh, you know, you take a different approach, an old school approach to it, you know, and uh, kind of fill us in on all the, you know, listeners that are tuning in to, to your setup as far as how you approach waterfowl hunting here in Louisiana and, and what's successful for you. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if it's if it's really like a conscious thing that, that I did. I think part of it is uh, just not having money for it for a nice rig. You know, I, I've just kind of been dealing with the same boat that I've had for years. And I really just haven't, I really haven't seen a reason to change what I do and what I've grown up doing, you know. And, and uh, I, the way I kind of look at it is if I have a boat that I can do everything with, I'll go with that over something that I can only do one style of hunting with. Like, for example, a lot of the public land that we use, uh, a lot of public land that we hunt on, should I say, you can't bring a surface drive on it. As much as I'd like to have a surface drive, I can't bring a surface drive on a lot of the public land that I hunt. So I got my outboard, I got my P-Rog, and I just go out with that and, and I just pond hop, you know, find spots to go. And uh, I've had success with it, so I really haven't had a reason to drop the money on a brand new rig, you know, money that yeah. I really don't have. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yep. yep, and that makes yeah. a lot of sense, man. I think I think a lot of us start out that way. Uh, Roland, growing up where you grew up at, you know, uh, coming up when you were coming up at, at you know, at my age and, or, and even younger than that, when you started out, uh, surface drives wasn't even around back then. You know, we didn't have surface drives and long tails and you might've saw some long tails kind of being introduced at that time, but, uh, we all kind of started out P-Rog hunting and, you know, kayaks when that started getting popular, that started coming into play a little bit. Is that how you started out as well? When you, when you came into the waterfowl hunt? Pretty much, look, I grew up, I had a, a putt-putt with a nine, 
<clears throat> with a nine horsepower, you know, single piston motor, man. You cranked it by hand and I had a P-Rog in it. Yep. That, that's kind of how I started, you know, and um, I hunted like that for many years until I got older. You know, I bought me a, hell, I, I still hunted with P-Rogs till, for a while until I bought my first long tails and still hunted out of a P-Rog for a while. But uh, then I bought the surfer drive and, you know, you just kind of like that luxury of sitting in a, in a nice boat with a nice blind on it, you know, where you can cook breakfast and, and have fun with your friends. But, you know, the way Nate's doing it, going back to just hunting in a P-Rog is, and, and really, it's really what you should do these days to, to start fooling these ducks because these ducks are smart these days and they're used to seeing, you know, them, them, big, old, them big old boat blinds and, and just a big setup. And you go back to that P-Rog with just a single hunter and hiding up in natural vegetation and just pond hunt. And that's how you're going to stay successful today. Look, these ducks in the 21st century are very smart today. And, and we're, we're only the only person, people we got to blame is us because we're making them smart like that by using all this new technology, you know. But you're going back to just a single hunter hunting at a P-Row is the way to go these days. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you and, and it's funny because, uh, you know, the big craze is obvious. I'm in the boating industry, okay? That's what I do for a living. And the big craze is, is these guys. I see these young guys that are 18, you know, they graduate high school, they get a job at a plant, they get a good job, they're making lots of money. And the first thing they want to do is go out and buy this big duck hunt rig because they think they need that to kill ducks, you know. And I see it on the fishing side too. Guys get involved in these bass fishing tournaments and stuff. And I was I was myself the same way. And uh, I tell them, I say, hey, you don't have to, you know, start out with these rigs. You don't have to spend, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a setup just to go out and have some success in the field. And you know, Nate is proving that. Um, you know, especially you young guys that are, you know, in high school right now, you may be listening to the show and there's a lot of you guys I know that do uh, because I run into you and you, uh, on public land and you tell me, hey, I listen to the show or, hey, I watch YouTube and I see these videos. And I tell them all the time, I say, look, you don't have to have a big high dollar setup, you know, to go out on public land and kill birds. If, if you don't believe me, go tune in to, to Nate's channel over at uh, Fallen Tide. Um, he's constantly out there in a P-Rog or you know, um, kayaks or whatever they use and his group of guys is using that he hunts with. And look at the amounts of birds that they kill, uh, the success that they have, and it, they don't ever have to, you know, have a big expensive setup. Um, you know, I think to a certain extent, you hear a lot of guys talking about nowadays these mud motors are ruining it, you know, ruining, you know, playing a part in, in the numbers of birds not showing it up. What's y'all thoughts on that? Where's the future going? Do you think uh, some like some of the other states, you think eventually we're going to see a ban on some of the mud motors on that type of stuff uh, because they are there is talks about it, and I know that they've they've you know tried to pass laws before um, where you know they talked about possibly banning them and stuff like that. Is that something that y'all see in the future here in Louisiana waterfowl hunting? That's that's something that could occur. You go ahead, Roland. I'll let you touch on this first. I, I don't ever see them, you know, in the type of environment that we hunt in, uh, Jacob and Nate, I'll never see them outlaw mud motors. You know, mud motors are a necessity to us to get to where, you know, places we've never gone before, you know. But if you look back at, you know, before the mud motors come out, man, I, you know, I remember powering my P-Rog and you're hearing ducks in the morning. You know, you're hearing uh, gray ducks tatting and, and, and mallards hollering. Nowadays, when, I, when I'm sitting in my blind at 4 o'clock in the morning waiting for, for daybreak, all I hear is mud motors. I don't hear no ducks no more. It's a good point. You know, so, you know, but uh, we hunt, when I do hunt public land, I hunt in these restricted areas to where you can't run a mud motor in it, and you, you, you hear that. You know, you hear yeah. them birds in the morning moving, and I, I don't see them ever outlawing them because us being living in south Louisiana with all this aquatic vegetation and stuff we have to go through, They'll never outlaw mud motors, but I do see them putting, you know, restricted areas to where you could, you can't use them. Yeah, yeah. Now I think we're on the same page there, Roland. I I, uh, I don't necessarily see how they could outlaw mud motors when when people use them so much. How can you, you know, how would you pass that? How would that how would that pass? You know, you can't you can't do that. It'd be a lot of lawsuits if you try to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I I would like to see on public land more emphasis on limited access areas. I, I'd love for them to create these these large limited access areas, you know, um, 
but still, you know, the, the, the when you go a long ways away on a management area, you you can't you can't tell somebody they got to paddle five miles to go hunt, six miles to go hunt. You can't do that. And like you said, some of the places you can't access them in an outboard. And what's the point of having public land if nobody can access it? You know, that's right. I, I do so, find. You know, go ahead, Nate. I'm sorry. No, but but also what I was going to say is I think people also abuse the the mud motors. You know, a lot of these birds are pushing way out in the Gulf, way out in the Gulf to try to get away from the, the, the pressure of the mud motors and, you know, guys riding around with mud motors scouting. And I was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday. And the way to scout waterfowl is not ride around until you jump up a thousand ducks. You know, that's not that's not how you're supposed to do it. You know, you try to. You, you need to stay quiet. You know, you don't want to be jumping up those birds. You want them to be as comfortable as possible if you plan on hunting those ducks. And so, and then, yeah, and that's right, Nate. Yeah. You so, know, so, so I, I, that, that's the biggest problem, I think. I'll, let's talk a little bit about very you know, good uh, uh, scouting. You know, when I'm riding and I'm scouting public land, I'm not going, I'm trying not to go into the interior marshes. I'm trying to scout from the main canals or the main rivers, and I'm using binoculars. And I'm watching birds from a distance and I'm trying to pinpoint exactly where these birds are going or passing over. If I can't get on the X, I want to try to get under the birds, which, you know, run traffic on them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you're right there, Nate. You don't want to disturb them birds. You want to let them birds rest. You know, the biggest problem I think that we have in Louisiana is pressure. Yeah, you know, if definitely. We, us as duck hunters, we have, you know, we need to pressure. And, and, and it's it's hard. Because, we, you know, we, we hunt public land or even if you hunt private land, you need to pressure management your birds, man. I mean, and that's that's number one in today's world. You know, everybody wants to talk about, you know, the old days or the, the good old days are now. The reason why people say the good old days are now for is because of the equipment we use, the clothing, the boats, the guns, the shells. That's why people say, you know, the good times are now because of the equipment. But I still, you know. But, man, when it comes to scouting birds, you want to stay as far away from them as possible and watch them in their, uh, you know, natural habitat and see what they do. Because if you yeah. bump them birds up, they may not come back. Yeah, right. That's a very exactly. good point, too, Roland. And, and Nate said it said it perfect, too. Uh, you know, it's scouting, and I agree with that. And that's, I'm glad somebody said it because I think it, but I don't ever really say it out loud, is that, you know, scouting birds is not – taking your mud motor and going ride through an area nope. and jumping up birds. And that's what a lot of guys do, you know, and I've been, look, I'm as guilty as anybody. I did it myself until I started kind of realizing, Hey, this, the, this ain't working or Hey, these birds, why did I see, you know, 50 birds holding in this little stretch yesterday, but today there's nothing showing up, you know? Uh, well, it's because I wasn't doing it right. I wasn't approaching it right. And and that's what makes waterfowl hunting so hard as compared to deer hunting and stuff like that. In my opinion, it's because, you know, these th- the animals that we hunt have wings. They can get up and they can leave, you know, as simple yeah. as that. They don't hold yeah. to a territory like a, a deer might hold to a territory or, you know, right. squirrels might hold to a territory or something like that. They, they could be there and they could be gone tomorrow. And us putting pressure on them like you guys are talking about, that is probably, if not the number one factor, it's a main factor of uh, issues that we do see here in Louisiana. I'd have to agree with that. Um, yeah. Any other any other thoughts on that that y'all want to share or that y'all see as far as you know as far as public land goes you know and hunting and stuff like that it's crazy because they say that you know we're we're having less and less hunting licenses every year but we see more people on public land they I would have to say you know it seems like that at least yeah, um, yeah. and and maybe it's just because we're losing land and I think I told Roland this on a, on another episode when we got together. I think a lot of the invasive species coming into the state, um, that areas that we used to be able to hunt that you can't hunt no more because they either have Salvania, they have Hyacinth, or whatever it is. Um, I think our availability to the land is doing this; it's shrinking, you know. So the areas to hunt are a little bit smaller than they used to be, which everybody's going to those areas, and it seems like we might have more hunters. When in you know, according to the statistics, they're telling us we're losing hunters every year. You know, what's your thought on that? Um, I, I haven't, I mean, I know the numbers say that we're losing hunters, but, uh, you know, I, I go out on public land and I don't think I've ever seen this many hunters. Yeah. And I don't know what's, what, I don't know what the deal is with it, but, uh, I see a lot of hunters on public land these days, especially places that I just didn't see a lot of hunters 10 years ago. 
you know, more and more guys are getting out there and, 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 and chasing ducks on public land, it seems like. And I don't know what the deal is with that. I don't know if you got a lot less hunters in the northern part of the state or, or in the middle part or something. But I tell you what, down here in the south, there's a lot of hunters. So Yeah. It seems like it. Now, Roland, you know, going back to that kind of, I want your opinion on this. Do you think it's possibly that a lot of these guys who had leases for years got tired of paying these high, these high dollar leasing fees and, you know, these, these fees, yearly fees to hunt and not producing any birds and they got out of them and they possibly pushing more to public land now? Cause that's, that's something else I thought about. You know, I said, these guys might be tired of paying seven, eight, 10 grand for a blind. And not producing, so they're moving out and they're going to public land, you know? You, you're correct, Jacob. I mean, with the economy the way it's going and, um, you know, the evasive species and, and uh, people uh, that have been hunting private land for so long, not having access to it anymore, is driving more people on to public land. Look, I hunt some pub, good public land, you know, um, all up along the I think we lost them, Nate. I see him, but we can't hear him. Y'all there, guys? I'm here. You can oh, hear? God. I can't hear Roland no more. I can't hear Roland. I lost him. I see him, but I don't. I don't hear his voice. Roland, if you can hear us, we uh we can't hear you at the moment. We can see you if you're watching on YouTube. Everybody can see you, but uh, but yeah, I think I think Nate that a lot of those guys possibly a lot of people are tired with these leases. And they, you know, they're getting out of them. They're going more to public land. And I think that maybe that's why we're seeing such a big influx of public land hunters at the yeah. launches whenever we go, you know? It, it could be that, you know? And, and I think also one thing I've noticed, especially down in like the salt marsh on the coast, I'm noticing less numbers of birds over there too. Uh, and so, you know, maybe it's just that birds aren't quite as widespread as they used to be. Maybe they're really concentrating in certain areas, which you know, also makes the hunters concentrate on certain areas. And so you get a more concentrated number of hunters, whereas it used to be a lot more spread out where you can get away from the hunting pressure. Yeah. 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 That's a good that's point something. too. Yeah. Not sure. Well, Roland, we got you back now. Yeah. I had some technical difficulties happen. Somebody was trying to call, but, um, <laughs> but that's yeah, all right. that, had, that had a lot to do with, um, you know, uh, why are you seeing more people? I mean, because I remember this same place, you know, like Nate said, you know, 10 years ago, didn't have 400 trucks at four o'clock in the morning waiting to get into the WMA. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, a, a lot of it is younger kids that are just getting into it. You know, you don't see many older uh, gentlemen or, or guys hunting anymore. It's mostly a younger crowd these days. Yeah, right. So, I, I I don't know if the uh, the numbers are, the numbers are accurate as far as how many hunters we have these days, but I just know that there's a lot more people that I see on public land than what I seen ten to fifteen years ago. Yeah, and I agree with y'all. I think it, it, the numbers don't seem to match up to what we're seeing out there, which for whatever reason that may be. But uh, you know, you, like you mentioned, younger guys at the ramps. I mean that that's a good thing in my opinion. I like seeing the next generation come up and they're interested in waterfowl hunting. Um, if we, you know, and I, I mentioned this, I mentioned this, I can't remember if it was on one of the YouTube videos or if it was on one of the podcasts. Um, uh, you know, when Duck Dynasty got real big a couple of years ago, uh, you know, it, there was seemed to be a big boom with a, a lot of young guys coming to the, to the, you know, hunting scene, especially with waterfowl hunting. And a lot of us, you know, including myself, I, I'll say it, including myself, I, I kind of turned my head to some of those guys. And I, and I said, you know what? I said, they, you know, they don't seem to know how to act right. They, you know, you, you set up, you get there, you set up. A, I'm talking public land especially. Uh, you know, and then you got a guy running in 30 minutes before daylight trying to go set up a decoy spread um, and do something like that. And I, I didn't really spend the time to probably educate some of these younger hunters and take these guys and, and say, okay, look, you're looking for somebody to introduce you to the sport? I'll, I'll take you. You know, that's before my son was – really coming with me all the time. So do y'all think that maybe we missed a little bit of that being able to pass down the way it's supposed to be done to the next generation as compared to, you know, turning turning them away and letting them do their own thing? And then on the flip side, we bitching about them, you know? Well, I think, I think the main thing you're seeing is a lot of first-generation duck hunters. And so they didn't get the hands-on 
teaching that that somebody like myself got and i'm, I'm pretty sure you two guys were born in the waterfowl hunting i'd imagine right yep. you know y'all yeah exactly so a lot of these guys are first generation duck hunters they, they didn't have somebody to hold their hand in the beginning and teach them the right way and so yeah you get a lot of guys that just don't know how to behave out there you know they don't know the traditions of waterfowl yeah you know they don't know they don't know it so you can't really blame them for being ignorant you know they just they don't know no, and, you can't and it's up to it's up to us to, to really you know especially like like me and you jacob content producers you know yeah. and we're, we're, we're creating content we got to get the right message out there to people you know that's right and you know rolling and rolling you're seeing you're seeing people every day and i'm sure a lot of your you guys know, are first time duck hunters and stuff too we, so. you know uh jacob and Nate, we're stewards man to the to the sport you know i mean we, we need to pass on you know what we do man and and in order for it to grow and for 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 people to learn we, we need to teach them no matter how much you know we, we think is going to affect our honey you know we need to pass on the our passion and our traditions to to newer generations because i mean without them this this uh lifestyle that we live is going to die man because there's not a lot of families that that hunt. There's not a lot of daddies and that hunt these days. You know, a lot of them work. They may not have, but the economy the way things are, you know. And then when, when, and you know, me doing what I do for a living, and I, I see a lot of new hunters, and you know, I, I try to teach them as much as I know about waterfowl hunting or hunting in general. You know, not just about, you know, the, the hunting part, but also about the. You know, taking care of the of the animal or whatever you harvest. You know how to process it, how to clean it. You know what to do, how to cook it. You know we we have to pass that on to the future, or you know what the sport that we love is gonna is gonna is just gonna go away. Yeah, and that's very well said, in my opinion. You know, I agree with I you a hundred percent on that. Um, you know, Nate, you talking about us being content makers. You know, as far as that goes. Uh, a lot of people ask me, I don't know about you, but they'll ask me, they say, man, why do you do it? How do, how do you have time to work a full-time job? You, you do a podcast, you do, you know, videos. And it seems like I got guys asking me, they said, man, it seems like you always outside the waterfowl. Honey. Do you work? You know, do you do, do you have a full-time job? And I'm like, yeah, man, I've done this before. Now we just have the technology to, to take a camera along and share it with other people. And a lot of it is educational purposes you know that's the way i see it it's education for my son my, my two sons coming up i want them to be able to look back have those memories and say okay man that was pretty cool when i was you know such an age or whatever age it was i went hunting with my dad and you know and, and things are changing constantly it, it, we've talked about that how much has changed over the years but a lot of what we do is to educate people it's not it's not just for for, for props and to show people oh, okay look what i killed you know because as i got older to be honest with you, and, and Roland, you kind of, you know, touched on this. It's not always about the limit anymore like it was when I was in my 20s. It, you know, it used to be if I didn't kill a limit of birds or my, my group of friends didn't kill a limit of birds, it, was, it wasn't successful. You know, that's the way we looked at it. We judged it by and we measured it by. Now, you know, I can go out there and kill four birds, five birds, but I know I put in that time like you talked about, Nate, you know, where I scouted that area, you know, <coughs> and I put feet on the ground and I went out there and I killed – you know, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, you know, kill a limit necessarily, but I killed four or five birds and it was worth it. It justifies it for me, you know, and I did it right. That's my point, you know, or, or at least the way I look at it as doing it right. So I, I, I see us educating people. That's a big part of why we do what we do. And I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, if the ducks dry up and, and you only kill a couple of ducks or whatever, if you're not killing a lot of ducks, what, what's left? You know what's left to keep you there if the question if the answer to that question is nothing you probably shouldn't be duck hunting you know very so, well so said I, I love being out there i love the whole experience i love throwing decoys i love paddling a p-rog i love driving the boat i love spending time with my friends i love dragging p-rogs the dry lock ponds and stuff you know landlocked ponds i mean uh i like doing that stuff. i like doing that kind of stuff you know yeah and and, and if you don't enjoy doing that kind of stuff you know, then you probably you probably shouldn't be duck hunting. If all you're that's out right. there to do is, is hang up a strap of ducks, then you probably should just hang it up. So that's a, that's very that's, well said as well, man. 
I agree with that. And, uh, you know, waterfowl hunters are just a different breed in general, man. Uh, you know, I get all my buddies that are, that are big deer hunters and this and that. They say, y'all got to be out your freaking minds to do what y'all do. You know, I had a buddy call me the other day. I was rolling down to the coast uh, a couple of days ago, and it's 1.30 in the morning. And I, I posted something in the truck, you know, on Instagram. And my buddy my buddy was headed to Kansas at the same time on a trip to do some waterfowl hunting in Kansas. And he, uh, he messaged me, and he's like, are you freaking awake right now? And I was like, yeah, man. I said, I'm headed uh, down to the coast to do some hunting on uh, some public land. And he, he calls me immediately. He's like, dude, are you out your mind? He's like, what time do you have to leave? And I told him, I said, well, we, we rolled out at 1.30. You know, that's that's when we left. And he's like, man, I tell you what. He said, there's no way in hell I could do what y'all do. as Because he's from Louisiana, this particular friend. But he hunts a lot up north Louisiana around you rolling. He has uh, some lease land up there. And he, he goes to Kansas now. And he's kind of shied away and went out of the state to do a lot of hunting now you know that's what he's been doing and he's had some success doing it you know but waterfowl hunters are just a different breed man you know you have to be somewhat a little off to do what we do in the freezing cold temperatures the times we get up uh to do it we're not just walking to a box stand we're not just you know going climb up in a tree at daylight you know it's just a different scenario for us you know mm-hmm. yeah. so i wouldn't but, trade it for nothing uh, and I wouldn't either. And I and that's the truth. And Roland, you've been doing it. Roland, you're the OG of the group, you know. So you've been yeah. doing it longer than all of us. Uh, Man. I mean, what ke- what has kept you going all these years, Roland? Man, it, it's it's the passion. I, I would, to be honest with you, uh, Nate and Jacob, I wouldn't know what I where I'd be or what I'd be doing in life if it wouldn't be for ducks. You know, I wake up in the morning. I think about ducks 24-7, 365 days a year. Duck hunting is what I do. You know, uh, I was, you know, and I'm, y'all going to laugh, but I was watching Major Payne the other day. Oh, my God. That's that my little said, boy's favorite show right now. You know, when he says, you know, killing is my business and business is good, that's me, brother. Yep. You know, I, look, I love putting smiles on people's faces. And this morning is, for instance, I had three young young men never duck hunted before in their life and they were smiles all morning long i took a picture with them it's on my facebook yes three happy young boys we had four well, Roland, Roland, you, Roland, you've always been a an inspiration to me you know growing up as a kid i i, I, watched, I looked at all your pictures and stuff and i always was like yeah that's the kind of lifestyle i'd like to live one day and uh yeah look, man I, I always looked up to you so hell man uh, i still say that when i look at his pictures every day man look i, I was very blessed you know i was yeah. blessed to be around the right people in my life to put me where i'm at today you know and man look I, and you'll hear me say it all the time i'm just living the dream yes sir you know i i, yes, I grew up you know thinking about this you know wanting to be in this business and you know when it, and it's, it's funny man it all revolved around ducks you know um, but you know, I learned how to blow a duck call, and 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 that duck call took me around around the United States, man, doing what I love. You know, it's a it's a passion and, and it's an obsession, man. It's just something that I I wake up in the morning and I want to do every morning. Yes, sir. Yep, I understand 100. percent Yep, me too. Yep, we the know, same. And, and like Jacob said earlier, you know, when I was younger, it was all about the limits, but now. It's just to see how, how, you know, it's for the memories and just to see how close I can get them, you know, just, yeah, just to fool them birds every morning with, with, with a man-made call and see how close you can get them ducks to you. Yep. Yep. And I love it. Like I said, I wake up every morning here at Dead Bayou. I go to, I get to hunt some of the best ground in Louisiana and I get to, you know, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. Yes, sir. You put your time in, so you've earned it, and you uh, well deserved. I have to say that. So absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what what's it looking like uh, for the rest of the season right now? Days by you rolling. What's going on? Do we have openings available? Let everybody know if there's anything available. If you guys would maybe be interested in booking a trip, or possibly nope. even setting up. Hey, it's never too early to be looking at, at uh, maybe a, a Christmas gift rolling for next year. Maybe book a trip next year. You know, that's a good yeah. that's a good idea. Pretty much, I mean, we're we're booked a hundred percent as far as I know. 
So um, any bookings would have to be for the, you know, the 2022-2023 season. As far as I know for right now, we have a lot of re people that are booking already for next year. So if anybody is thinking about, you know, booking a hunt at Dave's Body, yeah, they may want to start looking at booking soon. Yep. And that's a great Christmas idea, you know, if you uh, have a loved one that's a big waterfowl enthusiast or uh, a deer hunter, because Dave's Bayou offers deer hunting opportunities as well, right, Roland? Yeah, I mean, uh, we they do offer deer hunting opportunities here, and, um, you know, we, they got whitetails, uh, red stag, uh, psycho deer, and I want to say fallow deer here too, you know. Okay, so the exotic opportunities there as well. And what about next year with the Cajun Invasion? That's something that you were very successful with this year. They did the first annual Cajun Invasion. Uh, you know, are there openings available for next year? Because if there are, I know that's something that goes pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it, it's in the making. You know, we planned it. Um, I didn't really uh, start trying to book it yet. I'll probably start at the end of the waterfowl season, uh, come up with the dates and um, – you know, and all that later. So everybody needs to be looking, you know, for that sometime maybe in February and March when I put it out as far as the dates and how many guns we're going to take. But, yeah, I see the Cajun the second annual Cajun Invasion Speckle Belly Hunt in Stuttgart is going to go pretty quick. I bet it will. After this year, y'all had a lot of success, man. From what I saw on social media, there was uh, they had a, quite a bit of uh, specs in the pictures, and y'all did really, really well, huh? Yeah, I mean, we shot um, – 54 birds the first day in under 45 minutes. And then the second day we shot 48 birds in about, I think it was 30 minutes, you know, but we kind of took our time, but some of the video that I've posted and y'all surely be looking for the uh, Bayou Wild season seven to come out sometime in late winter. So y'all can watch the whole episode. Yep, I look forward to it, man. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. It, it, you know, like I said, those that trip, if y'all end up uh, planning that trip again next year, which it looks like y'all will, it's going to go quick. So if you're interested in getting on some of the best spec on that's available out there, keep an eye out for rolling with the uh, you know Cajun Invasion trip next year to Arkansas. That's something you guys do not want to miss out. Great, uh, great opportunity as a Christmas gift, bachelor party. Uh, any of that type of stuff, man, it'd make a great yeah, event or book a trip with them at Dave's Bayou because uh, you hunt with one of the best, most experienced guys out there in the field and you'll have a good time with them, man. So, uh, and Nate, with Fallen Tide, you know, it keeps growing. We talked about it, man. What's the future hold for Fallen Tide right now? What are we looking forward to the rest of this year, hunting season? Uh, are you expanding out? You're going to get into the fishing side of things? You, you do a little bit of everything. I mean, you, I, I do kind of like me. It's outdoors. It's it's outdoors. Squirrel hunt, everything. It's outdoors, yeah. Now, I will say this. Eventually, in the long term, I'd like to pretty much be just a duck hunting, you know, content creator. Now, yep. on Fallen Tide TV, I'm not saying that I won't have some fishing, you know, but hopefully that'll be somebody else handling that side of it. Gotcha. So I want to try to find eventually a really good fisherman that can really teach people and really educate people on, on the water. That's really not my thing. I consider myself to be strictly a waterfowl hunter. and uh, But I, I do get out there, and, and right now there's nobody to do the fishing side, so I do that too. Uh, yeah. But if you're watching my fishing videos, you're just watching me spending time in the outdoors. Don't be coming <laughs> looking for me for no advice on fishing because I ain't got it. But, I got uh, I try. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, you know, the long term, obviously Falling Tide is a brand. I'd like to grow the brand. Uh, I, I plan on having cooking segments and many other different outdoor segments as well, not just duck hunting. Uh, we want to cover everything down here in Louisiana eventually and, uh, you know, bring on different content creators to, to help the brand grow as we That's move awesome. forward. So. That's awesome, yeah. man. Uh, keep it up. You're doing a great job with it. And, you know, you mentioned cooking. That's a huge part of uh, – I know when we do – couple of cooking videos and stuff like that. I grew up, my, my family's actually in the restaurant business, grew up in around a restaurant. And, uh, you know, I grew up around Evangeline Parish, right at the heart of Acadiana in that area. And cooking was a huge part of, of my, my upbringing. So um, I find, you know, and you probably could, you know, both of y'all can, you know, attest to this, but uh, when you do a cooking video, especially Louisiana <coughs> cooking, you know, there a lot of people are interested. There's a lot of questions about it. Uh, and people just, they want to know, man. So there's a lot of possibility for future content there for sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got to find somebody who can cook real good. 
Just <laughs> <laughs> gotta find some a good cook, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I do what I do, but I'm definitely not a I'm not a chef. I can make things taste good, but uh, when you put it on your plate, it ain't fancy. It's just uh, it's good. It's, it's, tastes, what, what I, it's good, but but I I can't. I'm not I'm not with the whole art of the the plate. That's thing, right. So. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm on the same page. That that gumbo you cooked the other night looked pretty good. I gotta admit, man. That uh that turned out pretty good. It, it looked like so. Yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, yeah, oh I yeah. Say, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm a toot toot real quick because uh, that that gumbo come out good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looked good, man. That's something you can bring in the duck blind with you and have the next day, and it's even better than the night you cook it. So, oh, well, yeah. guys, what are what do y'all see? Okay, so we're gonna be closing up, wrapping up here in a couple of minutes. But as far as where we are now, first split with the waterfowl. Um, Overall, you know, are y'all pretty happy with the way the first split's going so far? I think we've kind of touched on that. But, uh, you know, uh, where, where do y'all see the rest of the season going? What are we hoping for? Go ahead, Roland. I mean, so far, um, we're all, from what I'm hearing here, they're, you know, we're below average a little bit, but it's been a very productive first split for us. Now, with that being said, you know, probably – 90% of what we've killed so far has been green wing kill. You know, we've, we've shot pintail. We've had a couple good mallard hunts. We shot some gray ducks, some widgeons, you know, a few divers. But I still think the best is yet to come. Okay. You know what? And like I said, it, all y'all got to do is, is, is kind of stay, you know, um, I guess visual on my, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and then you'll see. Because when you see me shooting, a good many birds, you know that, you know, we've had a push up here in, in northeast Louisiana that some them birds are going to make it south, you know, within that day or the next day. So, um, I mean, I still think the best is yet to come. I mean, I'm very optimistic to this season. I, I really do think December is going to be a good month. And then after that, we'll focus on finishing out in January. You know, the birds have been reacting good so far, some days with no wind. They've been a little skittish, but overall, I mean, it's been a productive, you know, season for us here at Days Bayer. Well, good. That's good to hear. And you mentioned a good point. You know, you guys go check out Roland's pages because that's a great, uh, you know, we talked about technology scouting online a little bit. You know, that's that's part of it. You know, it's, uh, you'd be crazy not to use that technology a little bit. When you see birds pushing up uh, on Roland's page where he's killing different species and stuff in North Louisiana – it's a good telltale sign, guys, that we got, you know, new birds moving into the area and, and so on and so forth. Uh, Nate, you and I, public land, man, we're beating it down. I know that. You you brought up a really good point in, in the show earlier about not pounding the same territory, you know, not, not yeah. you know, hammering a spot to death because you have a little bit of success. Uh, you know, what are you looking forward to? Um, where do you think we're going to finish out? The uh, the first split, and what are you looking forward to as far as second split goes? Uh, the outlook of it on things. Well, I'll say uh, for, for my guys, the, the first split, the first split was good. This was a, one of the better first splits that we've had. Uh, now that also, you know, could be from you know just uh, you know years of experience hunting with a group of guys, and we're, we're we're bouncing ideas back and forth, and you know that might that might have something to do it. But I but I did notice a, a jump in the numbers this this year in the first split. Um, but I'm expecting, I'm hoping that we get a good grade up push in the second split and, uh, and into the end of the season, I'm hoping we get that. If we get that, I'll probably, I'll probably stay on the puddle ducks for the rest of the year. That's what I'm hoping for last year yeah. on public land, especially I noticed that the, that the grade up numbers kind of dwindled pretty fast and I was yeah. forced to kind of get after the divers. And, and I will say that was fun. That was something that I really never done growing up was, was really chase divers, but Focusing on the divers last year, getting out into that big water and putting out these big spreads with with, with decoys. I spray painted the backs of them white, yeah. and uh, you know targeting <laughs> canvas backs and and and, and the, the dogrees and stuff. And I I had a blast doing that. N number yeah. one, it takes the stress out of it a little bit because you don't have to hide quite as much. And 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 a lot of the places we're hunting is like hard bottom. You get out and walk around and stuff, and you know that makes it a little like easier. Hunting. Man, I'd come home, I'd be clean. I'm like, yeah. I never went on a duck hunt come home clean. You don't have that stinky marsh mud all over everything. So, so yep. I will say it was an absolute blast. And we got some great content last year chasing divers. So if the gray ducks want to want to be stingy as the second split comes around, 
I'll probably go back to shooting those divers. If not, you'll see us chasing them puddle ducks the rest of the year. So yeah, there you uh, go. I'm man. excited. Wh- whatever comes, just just bring it on. We'll have fun either way. So that's it. And I'm the that's same right. way. That's right. Now, I'm yeah. the same way with you. We're gonna continue chasing those puddle ducks as long as they're showing up. You know, I, honestly, Nate, I haven't. I I really think we haven't seen the big push of gray ducks that we we usually get yet. You know, yeah, I think that's haven't. something that we're gonna have. Uh, hopefully, that we're gonna get here a little bit later. Uh, Last year, was that all the gray ducks in Texas right now? That's what they that's what they say. And I have a buddy in Texas that uh hunts on he has some land up there, and he said wedging and gray ducks, more gray ducks than he's ever seen in his life right now in Texas. So who knows, man? You know, I know the wedging that a lot of guys are saying the wedging show up in Texas more and more every every year. Uh, we we did shoot a couple of wedges so far this year. That's good to see, but the gray ducks. Even though we're killing some, I still think, you know, that, that they haven't shown up in the full numbers that we're going to see right. as far as that goes. So, and, uh, and like you said, much like you said, you know, if the puddle ducks dry up, then there's always divers. A lot of guys shun, you know, away from yeah. the divers. But, man, I tell you, if you, if you don't diver hunt and, and that's what's around, you're missing out because yeah. it is awesome. It's fast. It's furious. Uh, it's, it's great action, especially if you got a youth on them, you know. You got a yeah. youth hunter with you, it keeps them in entertained. It keeps them in the game. Uh, I made a hunt yesterday, and I, we we didn't have a big number of gray ducks work us yesterday. I killed one gray duck out of the group, and we had a, we what we thought were teal actually. It was you know low light kind of condition. They came in on us, and it uh it ended up being a, a group of buffalo head, and we got everyone out of the group. You know, nice. and my my ball was fired up because he popped two of them out of the group, and he, he and when he got it. He's like, man, Dad, I never killed a buffalo head before, you know? And a lot of guys were shown away, and they'd say, oh, that's that's trash, you know? But to him, that was a big achievement, you know? That was that was yeah. something he's never shot before and uh, and really enjoyed it. So don't shun away from it if that's what the opportunity allows, you know? So it, it may keep your season going. It's going to keep things interested, in, and it'll keep it fun for him, you know? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely don't, uh, don't stray away from the divers. If they're there. If you got divers to go shoot, go shoot them because uh, they're a lot of fun. I love it. That's right. I love well, it Nate, all, hey, uh, me too, and I'm the same way. So, but guys, thank y'all. Look, I know we're wrapping up. We all got things to do. We're in hunting season right now. We're getting ready to make some hunts. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to this week's show. Nate, where can everybody find you at, man? Let them know. Uh, Instagram's at Fallen Tide TV, and uh, you can look me up on YouTube also as well at Falling Tide TV uh so yeah yeah y'all go ahead and check that out we got a lot of videos coming i got like six or seven videos sitting on my computer right now that i need to edit that's why i'm taking off the next few days and uh, i probably won't be hunting until not tomorrow but next sunday but today's saturday for everybody who's uh watching i don't know if this is live or what but next sunday will probably be the next hunt that i actually make so i'll be editing so y'all be watching for those videos because i got a lot coming Guys, check them out. Fallen Tide TV, awesome content. Go check them out on YouTube. Roland, what what are you? Where can guys find you? Where can uh, people locate you at? Let them know once again, man. I mean, if anybody wants to, you know, social media, pretty much where you can hold of me, you know, Facebook, you know, Instagram. You can look me up on there. I mean, and if anybody wants to know content about Dave's Bio, we can you can go on the web. They have a Facebook page too. You know, uh, Dave's Bio's Lodge an outfitter and you can look up you'll find all all the information you need about days by so guys i'd love for us all three of us to get together and make a hunt together yeah. we need to do that one day we need to do yeah, it man yeah. we need you to do it we're maybe rolling. a second split we could uh you say when and we'll we'll try to make it work rolling we'll, or we come up we'll all come up with a place we can hunt together and we'll do it man yeah i mean we can definitely sure. i definitely like to do that but look i'd love to do this again guys like always jacob Nate, it's a pleasure man i I'm very fortunate that y'all let me come on here and and tell and tell my story, Jacob. You know it, it's been fun, man, doing these podcasts with you, and um, man, yeah. it's, I appreciate every bit of it. We love having yeah. you, man. You're a fan favorite, Roland. You're you're a fan favorite right now, so uh, I appreciate you, man. They uh they love having you on the show. I've got comments, and I, I try to pass that stuff along to you and and talk to you about it. But uh, it's been great, man. Nate. I- I wish you the best, man, too. Thank you so much as well. Yeah, thank thank you so much for having me on. This is a pleasure. Uh, and, I, and I wish you the best of luck. I wish you the most success. And uh, just keep on doing what you're doing, man. I'm loving the videos you've been putting out. 
Love it, man. Love it. Well, thank you so much, man. Same here. I, feelings mutual. So, Roland, you had anything in closing you wanted to say? Nate, keep up the good work, man. I'm a big fan of what you're doing, man. I love watching your videos, man. Keep it up. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you, man. I've always looked up to you, Roland. I hope all is well. well. I appreciate it. I, I try to be a... I try to be a good person. I try to make sure I steer people right. And man, I'm 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 just glad to be doing what I do. And like I said, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, man. Keep up the good work. Same That's to you, right. man. Thank you. Well, guys, thank y'all so much. I took up enough of y'all time this week. We'll get together hopefully again here in the future. But uh, I'm gonna let y'all cut out of here. Just want to thank you again for having y'all on, guys. And uh, y'all be careful out there in the field. Good luck to y'all. Okay. Uh -huh. Have right, a good day, y'all. Okay, All guys. Right. Thank y'all. Well, guys, there it is. If you didn't enjoy that, something's probably wrong with you. Just three good old boys from here in Louisiana having a, a conversation about waterfowl hunting and the outdoors here in Louisiana. I hope you guys enjoyed having Roland uh, on once again with us. He is a, a, a huge contributor to our podcast here. Uh, he told me, you know, when we got together that he wanted to come on multiple times throughout the year. He was a fan of the show and he wanted to help contribute and help anybody out that was interested in waterfowl hunting. And Nate, guys, great guy. Go check him out, Fallen Tide TV. Some, some amazing content that Nate puts out there. He has a story to tell, and that's what attracted me to him as far as having him on the show in order for all of my listeners to listen to and get acquainted with, guys. So that's really all we got. Uh, I know we went over our normal hour time frame, but I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, we appreciate you sharing this show with your friends on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And for those of you streaming on YouTube, we appreciate you tuning in and looking at three faces that are made for radio. We appreciate that. Until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. We'll see you all again soon. Take care. Hey, guys, Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Are you looking to protect or give your firearm a fresh look? If so, let Wrap It Up Cajun Customs take care of it for you. We specialize in custom vinyl wraps in your favorite patterns, from mossy oak and real tree, as well as many others. Request a quote now by visiting us on Facebook at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs, or give us a call at 985-687-3953. This episode is also brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. Benoit Performance Baits offers some of the best soft plastics for bass, sackalay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for a family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok to place your order now.